ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time to welcome you to the Leisure and Lariats podcast and introducing your host, hailing from Bel Air, Texas. He is a world traveling veteran of professional wrestling, the final boss, the bear. The master of that Davidson drip, your host, Ruthless Ryan Davidson! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here on the Leisure and Lariats podcast. Episode 12 is underway, part two, with my sit-down interview with my good buddy, Chris Russo. But let's get this episode underway. This is the Leisure and Lariats podcast. This is a podcast that inspires, motivates, and entertains the masses through the eyes of a professional wrestling's point of view. My name is Ryan Davidson. I'm a world-traveled veteran professional wrestler, and I've been in and out of the ring with some of the best athletes, personalities, and driven individuals from all over the world. Join me as I talk about life-changing advice, experiences, and stories from myself and special guests that not only made a change for themselves, but also answer the call when challenges rise. And I'm answering this call on this episode and every single episode that I'll drop on every single Friday, let alone the fact I appreciate a lot of good feedback that people have been sending me, either DMs or they're sending me, you know, through my email, bookryandavidson at gmail.com, and telling me how much they really like not only part one, which I knew they would, but also they like previous episodes, like uh, episode 10.5 with the hiccups and meditations, and I appreciate that. For any feedback on the podcast, hit me up in the DMs, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or bookryandavidson at gmail.com of course my social media is at rdbear57 twitter instagram ruthless ryan davidson on facebook and moving forward let's get some of these plugs out the way what did we just become best friends yep you want to go do karate in the garage yep i'm totally down to do some karate in the garage man i will chippy chop the shit out of anything i'll tell you (laughs) Chippy Chop, put that on a shirt. Plugs, Jared Gannon with the Entered Squared Circle. Brad Owens, Snake Productions. Find him on all social media platforms. Brian Breaker with the Breaker Bane Power Hour of Wrestling and Nintendo Power Podcast. Find them on all social media and podcast platforms. Rex Andrews with Pathway Fitness. Find him on all social media platforms. Stevie Richards, he's got StevieRichardsFitness.com. Phenomenal website. His YouTube channel is phenomenal. Find him on all social media platforms brock baker with the hooligan hour podcast i'm gonna give a special shout out to brock baker for getting married what this guy old ball and chain but yes brock baker is a married man he got married during this crazy pandemic that we're all going through but nonetheless man congratulations to you and your loved one dude many years of happiness lie ahead man so congratulations fine of course the hooligan hour on all podcast platforms moving forward uh reality of wrestling at official row twitter and Instagram, realitywrestling.com. And Reality Wrestling, uh, earlier this week, uh, for the first time since late February of this year, before the whole entire world got turned upside down, um, 
I went ahead for the first time in a few months, uh, got in the ring at Reality Wrestling Headquarters and did a match for their YouTube channel since they announced that every single Sunday at noon, there's brand new content, brand new matches that are being released. Despite this pandemic, Reality Wrestling is still continuing momentum of showing why they are the flagship of Texas Wrestling. And it was so good to be back in the ring. And I can't wait to see my match and how it looks. And I hope you guys can't either. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the Reality Wrestling wrestling youtube channel and moving forward hurricane pro also had some announcements this week that apparently they're back in the swing of things and unfortunately had to postpone a few shows but september 26th they got it locked down at ford park right there in beaumont texas hurricane pro is back i can't wait to defend my hurricane pro championship september 26th of course go to official hurricane pro all social media platforms hurricanepro.com check out the website wildcatsports.com shout out to wildcat for everything that they do (laughs) official wildcat sports uh or actually excuse me it's just wildcat sports on twitter and instagram uh i also had a match there too look at all this wrestling i'm doing Uh, i had a match against wild wild card jay spade phenomenal athlete great wrestler him and i go head to head for the wildcat championship i put it on the line go to their youtube channel give it a check give it a look and moving forward mick drake at mick drape and instagram and then of course once again my personal social media at rd bear 57 twitter instagram moving right along guys let's get it yeah man so um once again, just like in part one, uh, the match and game of the week this week was recommended by one Chris Russo. But before games and before any kind of matches, man, we got we got to talk a little books. Yeah, y'all need to read a little more out there. And I know reading's kind of you know it's it's for some, but not for all. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a good book, especially for all those pro wrestling fans out there, man. I just started reading this book uh, actually about a week ago. Uh, this book came out in July of 2012, believe it or not. And this guy, the author of this book, is someone that Chris Russo brings up quite a bit in not only part one, but part two that you're getting ready to listen to. And that is the one and the only Dr. Tom Pritchard. He had a book that came out and basically you can go on Amazon right now. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's basically Dr. Tom Pritchard, a pro wrestling curriculum advice, suggestions and stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Man, I'm halfway through this book. It's about 200 pages. It's not a crazy long book, but man, what it has in this book and what makes it so special, because I heard about it on a recent interview and he, you know, anybody that knows about Dr. Tom Pritchard, He's basically have a PhD in pro wrestling. That's why he's the doc. That's why he's Dr. Tom. You know, he knows anything and everything, and he's trained the greats. Who? I mean, I can talk about The Rock or Mark Henry, Sheamus, Edge, Christian, Dolph Ziggler, Ted DiBiase Jr., Heath Slater, uh, Husky Harris, also known as Bray Wyatt, Mike Mondo, Jenner Mahal, Luke Gallows, Kurt Hawkins, Tyler Rex, Zack Ryder, Justin Gabriel, Ryback, David Otunga, Leo Kruger, and it goes on and on, just to name a few. I mean, literally, there's like 30 more names uh, that they... (laughs) 
have listed, but nonetheless, it's a good book. And the thing about it is, that's what's really interesting, is that inside the book, it's actually, they he lays out a one-year daily schedule for students and coaches to follow and learn from when it comes to learning holds, that type of training program that you can go through. So any inspiring pro wrestler that's either just started or really interested in starting pro wrestling or even a seasoned vet like me can totally get some things. And that's why I've re- I'm reading the book and it totally has a lot of good nuggets of information out there that as many times I've been around Dr. Tom, I'm still surprised on just the volume of knowledge this guy has for any realm of pro wrestling. And a lot of it's inside this book. So I'll go ahead and once again, I'll put the link in the show notes. Give it a click, man. Give it a buy. I know on Kindle, uh, it's only, I think it's only about 10 bucks. Paperback, it's a little expensive just because it's such a, uh, there's only so many of those books out there. So try and get it when you can. Uh, and moving forward, we're going to go ahead and get to some wrestling, man. Ooh, yeah. We got to get to some wrestling. We got to get to the match of the week. Bischoff, you turn the camera off and I'll be naked when you come back. Oh, my God. <laughs> I found that soundbite, and there's no way that I couldn't use that one. God bless Ric Flair. Uh, but moving forward, match of the week recommended by Chris Russo. This took place on a Raw is War WWF on January 4th. 1999 and part one he went ahead and laid out a crazy crazy match about Kawada and Gary Albright from 95 and all Japan pro wrestling but this year we're taking it stateside it's with the WWF Raw's War January 4th 1999 Mankind versus The Rock for the WWF title and I think they talk about it in a lot of different documentaries, a lot of different films that WWE's done. Probably the single loudest reaction or quote-unquote pop, as we call it in pro wrestling, oh, yeah. uh, that has been taking place uh, at the end of this match. Probably a lot of people have seen it. I won't give anything away just in case there's a few that haven't, but I will put a link in the show notes for you to click on and check out this match. It has It's about a nine-minute clip. It's usually, I think the whole segment, the whole match was about 12 minutes, but from the best thing that I could find, on YouTube uh, was this link right here that's about nine minutes long and it's phenomenal. Go back and watch it and every single time I watch it, man, I get goosebumps as the old cliche goes because it's true, man. It was such a big moment in wrestling and the reaction itself is totally worth the watch. So, Mankind Rock WWF title uh, for match of the week and then let's go ahead and get us some video games, man. Hell yeah. So, this game right here, I didn't even... Just shocked by Chris Russo on <laughs> this game here. Uh, and it is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening from the Game Boy. Game Boy. Not not like a console platform. No, no, no. A Game Boy. Man, that's old school. I had a Game Boy back in the day. I had like Ninja Turtles and I had like Tetris and I think one other game. I don't know. I think I only had like three or four games the whole time I had a Game Boy. But... This game is Game of the Week, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Find it, I guess, on Game Boy, if anybody's got a Game Boy out there. But uh, shout out to Chris Russo for the game recommendation. And uh, guys, we're getting ready to take the first pause for the cause, and we're going to get into part two with my sit-down interview with good old buddy Chris Russo. We get into more stories about Dusty Rhodes, Dr. Tom. We get into some real deep things about being let go from the WWE and how that came about. Plus, turning negatives into positives, trying to find a way to persevere, 
breaking into reality of wrestling, his part in reality of wrestling, his experience being a part of it. And then, of course, one of my favorite moments probably since doing podcasting, the shenanigans that take place. Uh <laughs> It's too funny. I laugh every single time, so I hope you enjoyed. I guarantee you, most of you are possibly gonna laugh. Uh, and just throwing this out there, Chris Russo had no idea that I was gonna spring this up when we were recording. So that's what makes it extra good. So with that being said, enough of me talking. Let's get right to it. Here's part two with the one and only Chris Russo. Sure, nobody moves right now because we're going right into part two of this two-part interview with the one and only Chris Russo. Welcome back right here, right into the swing of things of this part two of this interview. Chris Russo, what's up, man? Hey, anytime you play anything associated with my man, our man, Spiced Adams, that's a great intro <laughs> what, song. What'd you say, Nuts up? <laughs> <laughs> Catching that win, baby. I'm telling you. Uh, that's a for show ride on. Man. That's a for show ride on. Hey, like I said, we're back here at part two, everything like that. It had a very stellar part one, man, uh, what we had last week. Uh, you going ahead and we're talking about just your humble beginnings, getting involved, how we met, going right into FCW slash NXT. Last left off on probably some of the most stellar, solid, beneficial advice that I've myself being 16 years into the pro wrestling business, man, that's just some of the most solid advice that I've ever heard. If you haven't heard it, please go back and listen to part one of this Chris Russo interview as we continue on to part two. And now with that being said, and we talked about the influential uh, personas, influential people that have just pretty much went ahead and molded a paradigm for you. All American dream, dusty Rhodes, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Norman smiley, just to name a few. Hey man, Let's get into some funny. You got any funny stories, man? You got any things to that's, share? That's what everybody wants you, to hear. Man, that, that's what, it's what I want to hear. Bro, I want I want to I want to hear some funny stuff. We got serious. We were talking about some advice and things of that nature. And don't worry, we got way more to come here on part two. But man, I I, I got to hear some fun stuff that you and me have been talking about on the road, man. So come on, give yeah. me give me a couple all of right, things. All right. So interestingly enough, at the time, Dusty Rhodes was obsessed with two songs. That he always wanted us when he came in, because he wasn't there every day. 
but there was two songs for months on end that he just wanted to play through the loudspeakers through the whole facility. doesn't matter if people were training or not. He was just going <laughs> to blast that music anyway because he's freaking Dusty Rose, right? That's it was awesome. either, it was either, listen, uh, Nayla, uh, Russo, whoever the hell back there, give me some of that uh, Purple Rain, baby. Oh. Prince, I need that Purple Rain. He loved that. Oh God! See, it just—you know—that was the whole thing. I know, I know, you and me have talked about it in the past, but just for the people that are hearing this first first time, not only is it Dusty Rhodes, but it's a Dusty Rhodes that loves Prince. It's a Dusty Rhodes that he, loves Prince. That's he, amazing. He, he never ceased to amaze me. You know, you would you thought that he would lean one way and do something, but then he'd go in a completely different direction. Man, you that's know, awesome. Prince, like okay. But he, hey, real recognize real. I think Dusty understood that. Amen, uh, so brother. Purple Rain, Ooh, yeah. and the other one was uh, Rutho. Give me that. Uh, uh, with you call that uh, bread and water? Yeah, bread and water. <laughs> Lots of bread and water, please. Play that one. Yeah, play it on repeat. Push that button to make it play on repeat. I need to listen to some bread and water. Oh my! That was his thing. Bread oh. and water, man. Like those two oh. songs. Holy moly! We had that on the speed dial on the oh, man. on the on the machine. You know the 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 music machine that had all the music queued up. We had that on speed dial. Oh, you guys go. had an actual like music machine. Uh, oh yeah, like we had to take thing. all the stuff. Yeah, we had to. I mean, that was in the production room for the for the tapings of the shows. Nice. And then we also used that same stuff. We took it on the road with us when we were doing those dinky armory shows and you know whatnot uh, so yeah we had music machines and speak but you know that so we had it speed dial because when dusty wanted we gave it to him so that was always interesting and funny to hear and then the other one my my absolute favorite story has to do with good old jr oh man hell yeah jim ross lay, lay, dude laid on us uh, so so one of the things that it took a little time to get there is that i didn't start uh, the backstory to all this is that for the first like seven months that I was there, six or seven months, I didn't receive any coaching. You want to talk about coaches for the talent. They were all there. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it came to commentary, Byron Saxton and myself, and then uh, sometimes William Regal would be down there doing commentary. It's not like anyone was giving us feedback or advice or anything. We didn't have Michael Cole or Jim Ross or Howard Finkel coming down at the time. There was right. really long. But there was a point where Jr started to come down. This was toward the end. He, he wasn't on TV doing stuff anymore for, for, on, uh, for the WWE on TV, but they were bringing him down to a do some commentary on some of the shows, but also B to provide a little bit of feedback and, and, and some, some, some uh, coaching, if you will, to myself and to Byron. And so he was one, as Dusty would call an esteemed luminary who would come and visit. Uh, and when he did, it was always great. I always addressed him as Mr. Ross. JR on camera, but Mr. Ross, you know, right. certainly behind the scenes. Absolutely. And uh, at the time, he was actually going through uh, weight loss, uh, trying to lose weight because he had ballooned up in weight and he was cognizant. He talked about it in his blog and things like that. So he was really working hard to lose weight. Hmm. And he came down, he was in the office one day, and here's the story. So he's like, uh, uh, Chris, can you, uh, can you come here for a second? Okay. Yeah, Mr. Solid impressions, by the way, just not to cut you off. The Dusty's impressions and the JR impersonations, man, like it, it, it's spot on. Anyways, continue. Sorry. So uh, it goes, uh, you know, Chris, how you doing? How's everything treating you? So I was like, hey, Mr. Rocky, just come in. Good to see you again. Everything's great. Good to see you. Like, and I made a comment. You know, wanted to be very funny. Hey, JR, Mr. Ross, you look great. I mean, uh, you know, I know that you've been talking about on your blog that you've been losing weight. You know, I, I wanted to put him over, so I did. He goes, 
appreciate that, Chris. It's uh, very nice of you. Uh, you know, can I can I tell you a little secret that helped me contribute uh, to that uh, weight loss? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, listen, sometimes you just want to get a little hankering, right? Sometimes you just got to get hit that sweet tooth, even if you're, you know, healthy foods. But sometimes you get a sweet tooth. So here's here's a little, little secret. Sonic, you ever have a Sonic Diet Cherry Limeade? Said, I no, actually, I don't think I've ever had the, you know, I've eaten a few things at Sonic, but never their, their limeades. Listen, what you got to do is you got to get the root 44 sizes, the biggest size. It's still only five calories and it's just, it's just amazing taste. Diet cherry limeade. I'm like, oh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. He goes, yeah, it really is. You think you can go and pick me up one right about now? <laughs> yes, sir. Dad. I'm going to prank my dad. <laughs> I'm gonna prank my dad. <laughs> he, he, he got me good. He hooked me, he hooked me in hook, line, and sinker. I mean, he threw the trash right on, right on my head. So, hold on. Because the laughing is just the best part. Just this kid getting, getting. I'm ready to go get my Route 44 Dad Cherry Limeade and some of this trash, Russo. His dad just kept up with the drink. That's my favorite Spice Adams clip of all time. Oh, I, I had to. I, no one could see it, but you can right now on the Zoom call. I'm I'm like sh for a shoot, which means real for all you wrestling terminologists out there. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I'm wiping tears away, man, because it's the oh, funniest man. thing. Spice Adams, like the best prank ever. This little kid, long story short, he tries to jump out of a trash can to prank his dad, and his dad was dumping trash. So as this kid was about to pop out of this trash can to uh, scare his dad, his dad dumps this giant bag of trash on top of this kid. And, and it goes, sounds like glass bottles glass based on bottles the rattling, like, so it's then, a heavy bag of trash. Right, and then not only one bag, but he dumps another bag on the top second one on top of the kid. That's amazing. Oh, it's the funniest uh, thing. So you basically metaphorically got uh, got pranked by JR for a diet. I sure did. I sure did. But, you know, I love... Look, my one of my biggest highlights, uh, something that no one can take away from me, right? You know, joke and, and have fun. But being able to call wrestling shows with Jim Ross. Man. Is wild. Unbelievable. It is man. something. And I love... Thank God for... Diehard fans having recorded FCW shows that were playing on local Poopy Bright House channel, local channel. Say that five times I would never, fast. I would never. <laughs> hey, it was not recorded in HD. We're talking 2012, and it was not yeah. in HD. So Man. go figure. Um, but the fact that people would post it on YouTube, I can still, you know, I've, I've been able to watch back and you know, some of these older episodes from 2000 you know, 11 and 12. And I, I'm thankful, right? Because otherwise, like, I wouldn't be able to relive it. But that is something that, again, so much fun. And it's one of those things that it's like, you know, if, if, if I had to, if I had to leave pro wrestling today and never be able to come back, 
at least I'd have that. So very thankful, very thankful for all those opportunities. And I got, I have so many more stories, but I, you know, I, we, we, that would take up like 20 of your podcast episodes. So, hey, well, you, you know, if something you comes up, we'll bring it up. Don't act like I'm not going to have you back on this, uh, back on the Leisure and Larry's podcast, man. Because hey, I got not? to, because I mean, obviously our, our careers are progressing. We have so, I know we have so many road stories that we're going to get to here in a little bit and things of that nature. Uh, you know, one thing I want to touch on real quick before we talk about your departure is that like you mentioned this before, but like I want to talk about just a little bit, man. And I know that, you know, you frequently go down and visit the state of Florida since you're in Houston, Texas like I am right now and everything of that nature but uh, one of your really good friends in the wrestling business that you've had a friendship with through being an FCW and NXT was Byron Saxton who Byron yeah. Saxton was also an in-ring talent and a hell of a commentator I love Byron Saxton's commentary and things of that nature so well, just a little bit just touch up on Byron man how, how'd you you know how'd you guys become such close friends yeah, he's my he's my best friend, uh, you know, through thick and thin coming, you know, since since leaving. And it's funny, my dad met him uh, when when I was down there. And it's funny. He's like, oh, you guys are like salt and pepper. You know, so we, we, we joke, we joke, you know, I call him. Pepper. Awesome, dad. Yeah, it's so great. It's great. Um, That's awesome. But he he is genuinely one of the nicest people in and out of the ring and yeah. he is loyal almost to a fault, but that's the kind of guy that he is. Right. I mean, this is his passion and they ask a lot. The WWE asks a lot of him. He's again, just like me, there was more than just being in front of the camera. It was more than just Byron being in front of the camera. He does a lot of work behind the scenes right. down at the performance center. He's being asked, you know, to travel between where he lives and, and Orlando he is unbelievable. And what you talk about power of positivity, right? You want to talk about things like, you know, good life lessons is try to do your best to surround yourself with positive people. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and Byron is one of those people that no matter how poopy your day might be going or what's going on, he's, he's there for you. He wants to chat. He wants to understand what's happening. He wants to give advice wherever it's needed and just be someone that wants to listen and, and, and share, you know, um, you know, help you through the tough times, but, you know, share in, in, in the good times. And that alone makes Byron such a wonderful person. And then you add to the fact that he's such a great, you know, on character role he's always super well prepared over prepared for the things that he does on commentary hence why he's so good um i love byron love byron to death um and he's just he is one of the good guys and i'm happy to have him on my team Dude, that's that's awesome, man. And I was always a fan of Byron's, not just from his in-ring ability and everything like that, but just, once again, his commentary, the energy that he brought onto the commentary table and things of that nature. And that was stuff that you and I, when we've had private conversations in the ba- uh, in the past, that you would always talk about, like, just how positive this guy was and, like, how he helped you out. He was like, a, you know, a brother from another mother, man, you know what I mean? Which, you know things like that just go so far, not just in pro wrestling, but just in life. You know what I mean? And I know that goes without saying. Plus, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like one of the best advices that you can really give anybody is that you are pretty much the average sum of the people that you hang around with. Like you really, Mm -hmm. really are. Mm -hmm. And if you surround yourself with good, positive, 
uh, progressing, always wanting to get better and set it to you straight type of people, then you, you can't fail in life uh, as long as you do your part, man. And it sounded like Byron was that to you tenfold, man. And that's really, really cool, dude. So you had all these great experiences. You've, you know, JR's which is hilarious. Bread and water, bread and water and purple rain. I love it because, you know, when you and I train at row, it's just all like, put on, put on some of that purple rain, baby. Put on some of that purple rain. Like we, we just do all these different things. Plus, you know, the nice little uh, one-liner. We'll be like, holy dog. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest singular oh, man. thing ever that ever came out of Dusty's mouth. And it just makes me laugh every time because I can picture oh, him saying it. Right. And, 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 and to express shock. <laughs> uh dusty uh rest his soul I, uh, See, funny. so many and, so many funny stories and you know i know we talked about it on part one but that's actually the part of me to where it's like not only just our friendship and just how we're like you know we're close and we've shared a lot of things and been there for each other and stuff like that which we'll get into in a little bit but it's all the things like when you talk about dusty and you talk about these experiences and all these different little sayings and stuff like i appreciate you sharing that with me not just only with the audience of this podcast because it makes me feel like i actually knew a part of dusty like real life because you know i i have so much envy for the fact that you actually got to be around this guy for so much and learn so much and you know dusty Rhodes, may he rest in peace man one of the all-time greats if not the greatest of all time uh mm-hmm. in my opinion second to none you know or second second to hardly any i mean definitely way over elvis he's got my vote so uh with moving right forward uh, moving forward moving right along with this uh part two is um you got all these experiences all these great things but as the old cliche goes, all good things must come to an end. So with that being said, FCW goes into NXT. Seems like some management's being changed, being moved around. And what exactly happened? So, uh, you know, it's funny. When I got the call from WWE that I was being let go, no one had, no one, they never told me why. And frankly, I was so shocked when it happened. I didn't even remember to ask. <laughs> well, was it something? So they, so they didn't even, they didn't even tell you why. But let, let me ask you this. So, like once again, I, I kind of foreshadowed it a little bit. But it was just like FCW was this. You, I remember you telling me personally that it was FCW going into NXT, right? Like they were just transitioning into that, right? They closed up shop. They're now in the PC. Things of that nature. Like touch on that for a little bit. Like touch yeah, on the so, transition. Yeah, so so in 2012, they were still they still they did not have a performance center yet. Okay. So they were still So at that point, like the NXT pilot, the pilot episode was, you know, I don't think it's ever been aired or maybe it has on the network now as a hidden gem or something. Okay. The pilot was filmed in January and I think they started running the show for real for real like April or May, I think, okay. or something like that. Right. So they were already starting the NXT, and 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 um, uh, I know that they now have the NXT library on the network from like day one, and there are a few episodes. Those first, I don't know how many numbers of episodes they spliced together different. Like we filmed right what we thought were episodes, all you know, many over many many hours. And then they just splice them all together. So you'll hear like a hodgepodge of different commentators and ring announcers kind of shuffling through, but there are some where I'm still there. Okay. Uh, you'll just like hear me at different spots. Right. right I got you. I, got you. Um, uh, I was mainly being used as a ring announcer at that time when NXT was first kicking off. Uh, there were a couple of shows, a couple of segments where I was on commentary. I think they were still trying to figure out what was going on, but I really think, you know, uh, 
some of it for sure, if not most of it came down to the fact, like you said, new management, right? I was hired under the old guard, Johnny Ace and his team. They all either moved out or, or got, you know, nicely, you know, kind of moved out in any way, shape or form. Right. And that so really started becoming Triple H's baby and understandably so. And I think at that point it was, you know, he wanted, you know, his people, his flavor of the, it's a flavor of the month thing. It's like anything in entertainment. So, you know, I wasn't a Triple H guy and I think that may have probably contributed to it. Um, and frankly, any of the other ring announcers and commentators that were down there uh, other than Byron uh, were let go at, you know, in, at some point in time, some before wow, me and, and a couple others. So after me, so again, I don't know what the real reason. And, and frankly, you know, at this point, we're going to just let sleeping dogs lie. And, 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 right. and I actually do not regret knowing why, like, you know, oh, I wish I knew why. So it doesn't matter. I got let go one way or the other. Uh, so I don't actually regret not knowing. But that that was tough. It was very tough that the rug got pulled out from under me. You said something very interesting there because, you know, you would think naturally by being let go, especially from an environment and a job like, man, let's face it, man, this is the this is the WWE, right? NXT, new platform, everything like that. All these different changes are going into play. And then all of a sudden you don't really have a reason to be let go. Like kind of go a little more in depth of that. Like, why did you? Why did you feel comfortable? Why? Did, how did you develop that mindset of just like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to really focus on it because you hear all these different stories of so much talent, whether it's in ring, out of the ring, or whatever, they get let go, and they have a similar situation where it's just like, hey, this is how the cards were dealt. It wasn't really anything that I did. It's just how things happen. Management turned, and they wanted to bring in their staff and things of that nature, which that does happen not just only in entertainment, but that also happens in life. Like, try to walk me through a little bit, or walk you know the audience through like this thought process because not everybody can handle it that way because that's such a good profound way of handling it because a lot of people you know would sit there and that and rightfully so like it's my dream job like wait what why am i getting let go what's going on here i need some answers i need to find reasoning like walk me through this thought process on how you sure it so that you're way. you're i mean I, I wish the picture that you just painted was exactly what happened no, i was a mess i was a freaking mess after getting let go and, and I'll talk about it in just a second, but the actual getting let go, my rationale behind it was it doesn't matter whatever the reason was because I wouldn't be able to like argue it or, or, or tell them to change their mind at that right. point in time. Um, nor, you know, not to mention, you know, in a weird way, if I knew exactly the reason why I would just be so focused on it and I'd probably get even more upset about it. Like, you know, what if, what if, what if, what right. if, if right. I only fix it. So, it just, to me, it didn't matter why I got fired. It's just the fact that, yeah, I mean, I got let go. I got like, I got fired from my contract, mm -hmm. but I did not take it well. I did not take it well. I was a mess for about a year and a half. It took me over a year to actually get over the fact that I was let go. Yeah. It took me that long. I was, I was mad and sad about the fact that I blew an opportunity. This is something that I really wanted to do for many years. Right. And here we are on the precipice of this thing blowing up. Now, there was nothing, nowhere near anything about TV time for NXT. There was no talk about, you know, the network for it at that, like it was just nascent. So like, we didn't know where this was going, but we knew that this was something. Right. And here we are right on the precipice of something really big about to blow up and I don't get to be a part of it. Yep. And, you know, here I am at that point, I was what, 25, 20, 
you know, like 25 years old, um, you know, real, still relatively young cat. And it just get the rug gets just ripped under from under me. And so that's what hurt. And that's what I couldn't get over was that like, will I ever get a chance again? Probably not like that. It just, the, the whole, there was so much more that I was ready to give and I didn't get to be able to do any of that on a bigger stage. That's what made it hurt. And, 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 and the, I, I was depressed. There's no other way to say it. And I'm not ashamed to admit it that I was, that was the one period in my life where I was really, really depressed. And, you know, I tried to do my best to, you know, roll with the punches afterwards, because after I got let go, I wanted to try to find a job that would allow me to stay, continue to stay in Florida so that I could continue to work with Pops uh, off of the Wild Samoan so that I could continue to enjoy Florida because I really, really love being in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me maybe another four or five months to find a job that allowed me to stay in Florida. So I had to move back home to DC while I was figuring out my life. And then once I got back down to Florida to start this new career, I still got to go back to AFA and go work for Pops and, and his promotion in Central Florida, you know, on the weekends uh, to drive up and do that when he had it. But that still didn't fill the void. And it was a very, and I wish I had a magical answer, like, how did I get over it? I mean, it, it, I, it'd be too simplistic for me to say just a switch went off one day and I was like, you know what, I'm over it. But there wasn't anything that I did other than the fact that I had to be resigned to the fact that, hey, this is the hand that I was dealt. And I, I, you know, either I can let it continue to fester and keep me down or, you know, maybe there's a chance in the future. Maybe there's not, but I can't bank on it. So I have to move on with my life. And I think it just, it just took me that long. But once I realized that my life is more than just the sum of WWE, I wanted that to be my life, but I had to resign myself to the fact there's more than that. I, I, there's more chapters to be written. It just took me that long to get to get there, but it was not the most exciting time in my life. 25, 26. It's just because you think you've got your, your future figured out, right? Here you are, you're about, you're entering the real world. Uh, this make believe I'm entering the real world of the make-believe world. And, and so I thought I'm set for, for life or I'm set for, you know, you know, for the next more than just one year. And then again, gets taken out where do I go from here? Right. Who am I? It really comes to the core. I think Ryan, that, that is what it is like, who am I as a person? And I was banking on the WWE to define me as who I was going to be. And then that gets taken away. What is that next chapter? So uh, I'm, I'm happy to share that, you know, it's not easy to share it, but everybody, I think, or so a lot of people can't say everybody, a lot of people go through those ups and downs. And sometimes those downs can be really rough, but it's all about, you know, trying to find, what is going to drive you to write those next chapters after whatever it is that's keeping you down. And it took me a while, but finally was able to start getting that going. Wow. That. Wow. Um, (laughs) man. Um, so, so much, man, so, so much, so much good stuff right there, man. So much good stuff. And I just, I really hope people can actually just really kind of just soak in exactly what you just said because unfortunately what you just dealt with is something that a lot of people um, deal with inside the world of pro wrestling or if they have like their dream job or something that they actually make that achievement, they make that platform part of their identity. 
you know, and it, that's such a diff- different and difficult road to do. And once again, it's like nothing that you did was wrong. It was just how the cards were dealt. And then, you know, got let go from your G job, down depressed, going through all these different stages of, you know, grief and acceptance and things of that nature. But the, the you made the comment of just saying like, well, I can't really tell you just what I did or a switch or anything like that. Well, really what you did is that you got practical about what happened, and then you just focused on one st- one thing, and it was one foot in front of the other. It was going back working for pops and having a job and making me stay in Florida for a little bit and doing this and figuring out that you had to go back to your parents and then do this and do that, and it's just one foot in front of the other. And it's something that, you know, I know us as human beings, we always hear things like that just through different, like, books, uh, you know, content, podcasts, things of that nature, but you just actually applying that especially with just such a, a crossroads, not only in your professional life, but personal life of just, you know, walking away. Uh, well, I wouldn't say walking away, but just having that opportunity walk away out of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that a lot of people, man, like, and you got to give yourself credit for just being just like having such a good mindset and a good mind frame, which is just so important because you know, just as well as I do, especially when we train younger people and things of that nature, like it's all what's in between your ears, man. It's, it's not about life. What happens, what happens to you? It's about what happens for you, man. And like those mm-hmm. things and those challenges happen for you. And, just the fact that you just, man, and, and one of the best things I love about you is just you always turn negatives into positives, man. And I don't know if maybe Byron rubbed off on you on that, Dr. Tom. Maybe it was everybody. Maybe it was all those guys, you know. But just the fact that, like, you're just such a prime example of turning negatives into positives and just putting one foot in front of the other because really, A, that's all you can do. B, it's the best thing for you. And C, you never know where the road's going to take you, man. Yeah, that's right. I think that's absolutely right. And, and, and once I understood the fact that, look, whether – Again, I can't bank on being able to go back to the big show, right? To, to Stanford, Connecticut. But there's still so much, so many other things, other avenues, other outlets where I can, you know, in pro wrestling, where I can, I can make myself, I can be happy. Right. I can make myself happy. And once I, once that finally got through my thick skull at the time, that there's more to pro wrestling to define you than just, you know, WWE. And that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I mentioned part one. I, you know, to me, I felt like it was like a rocket ship. I mean, I'm two years really doing this. And here I am in the WWE where most people are doing this for so many years. They might not even get a sniff or they're doing it for a very long time before they get to go to some big time promotion. So what do I do? So it's just, it's just a different experience of, of, of going into this big, big, bad, you know, this big system that is (laughs) right. But, uh, you know, so, but so the, again, one of those lessons that I've learned is that, that, you know, enjoy what you're doing when you go to other places. Like, you know, you can be a little bit more relaxed because it's not walking on eggshells like it was over there a lot of times. You know, be confident, be relaxed, know that you've got a little bit of experience. And, 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 and if there's ever times, again, kind of what I alluded to, what we talked about in the last one, if there's any times that you can give back or do something along the way you're you're adding you're contributing still and further to to professional wrestling or frankly anything that you do in life so i'm happy and it it just took me a little while and here i am kind of on that been in that next chapter here for the last you know five six seven years or whatever it is 
you know, onwards, onwards we go in the world of, of life and pro wrestling. Onwards and upwards, man. Always and forever. And now, since we went ahead and closed that chapter, we got to open up a new one. And here we are going right into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about the reality of wrestling. So we talked about in part one, basically coming in from Florida. You went ahead and met up with Book. You had a conversation with Book, you know, go ahead and getting these things in order, showing up to this meet and greet, people wondering who you are. I introduced myself, figuring out, just knew right off the bat how good of a dude you were. And here we are going off to the races here at Reality Wrestling. So with that being said, that was 2016. Here we now are in 2020. Real quick, Reality Wrestling. What does that mean to you? Oh, this is uh, reality. Wrestling is as close as you're going to get to any major promotion. This is the next, this truly is just a half step down the facility, the uh, people running the show, uh, the trainers that, you know, are leading everything. uh, Everything is, is conducted as professionally as possible to simulate and to mimic exactly what you would experience if you end up uh, at New Japan or Impact or Ring of Honor or right. WWE. It is, it is that adherence to uh, you know, what it's like in the big leagues that really makes it attractive. And you know, our, being in that environment, it, 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 it is simulating, again, kind of what I enjoyed and what I got out of what I was doing at FCW. Right. That's, I mean, you treat this like it's a, you treat it, it's real. Like you you want to treat it like this is the big promotion that's going to help everybody elevate themselves to the next level. And that is how I look at reality wrestling. And and it's, it's such a, I thank Booker T. I thank people like Kevin Bernhardt, who is the guy that really makes that whole ship run behind the scenes. Yeah, man. I thank people like you. Oh, stop um, it. really helps. Stop no, but it. it. It's, <laughs> you want, you I know you I love that voice. College rules. College rules. Oh, we love some Lou Holtz. Anyways, I, I, um, you mentioned Kevin Bernhardt. I can't wait that's, to have that's him how, on the podcast. That's how, that's, how I look, that's how I look at reality of wrestling. I mean, it really is a great landing spot. And frankly, there there are a few schools, but they're few and far between that simulate and replicate that around the country. So if you can find that for those that are either looking to get into wrestling or looking for a new home around wrestling, it's hard to find those places. So if you can, that's where you want to land and you want to contribute as positively to it. So I am thankful and happy to have been able to do that here for the last number of years and hope to be able to continue that. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more, man. Let alone the fact that, like, since you've been a part of reality of wrestling, just to put you over for a second, you once again, you just you're, you're obviously one of the boys, and you obviously make the locker room better, regardless of whether you're bouncing around in the ring or not. But in your standpoint, just like an FCW and NXT, like here we are, reality wrestling, like you're bouncing around the ring as well. You're actually one of the trainers for reality wrestling to where basically of a lot of the, uh, the beginners, a lot of people that come in fresh that have no idea what it's ever been like to be in a pro wrestling ring has no idea what it's like to take a bump or do some roles or things of that nature. You're basically the main Genesis of basically getting people started in pro wrestling, reality wrestling. So tell me a little bit about that, man. Damn. Yeah. I never really kind of, I, <laughs> you put, I mean, yeah, like you, you, you I hope I don't, 
ruin or scare people away if, if I'm one of their first touch points into what is your, I mean, you're right. That's, it's, that's heavier when you kind of stay at that. Way. Hey, don't, yeah, don't be, uh, don't be trying to throw <laughs> fast ones on people. I'm prank my dad. Yeah. Don't prank dad's pain, man. <laughs> so, so it's funny. You're, you're really the first person to have brought that up because I don't actually like to talk about it too much. It, honestly, I don't like to talk about that facet too much for the simple reason of, how I look at that is, is I, I feel like in a way I'm almost, it's almost kind of disrespectful for me to, because of the fact that it's like, well, who are you, right? Who are, you're just a commentator. You're a Brocky. You're not, you know, how much experience do you have wrestling here, there, and everywhere around the world or whatever? Like how much, how much, how much time you have? So like, how can you be entrusted to be able to help the new generation new people that come in that don't know anything about anything when it comes to pro wrestling. They don't know the difference between a a, a wrist lock and a padlock. So I don't like to bring it up because I don't want people to be, you know, like this is the type of talent that's there to train reality wrestling people. Like he's not a real wrestler. So what does he know? So I, I am beyond um, humble uh, when I have that opportunity. And so I do keep on the download. I don't like to, pr- you know, to promote it all over the place just because again, I don't want to give people any wrong negative connotation. Remember it's like that quote, right? How do I make people feel? I don't want people right. to feel like this is something, but when you say that, you know, you kind of putting it over a little bit, top of it, like I am thankful and I'm humbled to have an opportunity to be able to help uh, give back. I, the, the, the kind of the mantra of all this that we've been talking about last episode, this is just trying to give back, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's some other uh, thing that you do, give back, leave whatever it is better than when you came into it. So whether it's helping uh, new students learn how to run the ropes, tie up, bump, go do promo classes. I love my art of communication classes. I get so excited when we do those. Yeah, man, they, they definitely are a good time. It's so beneficial too, because a lot of schools, you know, they'll, they'll show you the holds and things of that nature. And book would always tell, you know, guys, and I would tell, you know, men and women to where it's like, I can pull anybody off the street and I can show you anything you really want to know. But the true art of, of things is taking nothing and making it into something. And those things apply, especially into those art of communications, promo classes. And you're pretty much the figurehead of getting those things started. And I know I pop in from time to time on those classes, depending on my schedule. But, you know, the thing is, I can understand where you're coming from to where you don't want to get like on like a bullhorn or a loudspeaker and be like, look, I'm this guy. I'm doing this. This is me. All this attention. But, you know, I get that. And I'm with you because I I feel a similar way to where uh, Booker himself and other people are like, oh, Ryan Davidson's the head trainer at Reality Wrestling. I don't ever say it. People are just like, are you the head trainer? Because if they ask me, hey, Ryan, are you the head trainer? I go, eh. I'm one of the trainers because you got Gino, you got Chris mm. Russo, you got Aiden Cristiano, you got Kevin Bernhardt, you got a bunch of these people, which makes reality wrestling so great is that you have different backgrounds from all different experiences of people that have been around all over the world and have all these different mindsets and things of that nature. And going back to you, man, like I wouldn't discredit yourself too much and I appreciate the being humble, but also on the same, you know, the same time as people learn from part one, 
Bro, you have so much to offer, not just with work ethic and how to present yourself as a professional, but the fact that you were in the ring with guys like Norman Smiley and Steve Kern, which if anybody knows anything about the wrestling backgrounds, like these guys are just the workers worker, man. Like these guys know what they're doing and you're side by side with these guys helping them teach and train and going over the fundamentals of things for their night classes back in SCW. So why wouldn't we bring some of that value and experience to help better people at Reality Wrestling? So with that being said, I know I appreciate it. I know the boys appreciate it. And whether you realize it or not, I'm not just kissing ass just because you're on my podcast, but you actually help make Roe better. You really do. We all do. Myself, Kevin, Book, Charmel, Gino, all the guys and men and women on the roster. It goes on and on, man. We all play our part, and you definitely do yours, man. That's uh, – yeah, I appreciate that. It, it is a big saying in pro wrestling. No, no – I mean, the rock top, you know, it's one of his catchphrases, know your role, right? But it's, you know, play your part. Make sure that whatever part that it is that you have to play, do the best job that you can, right? And – you know, what happens, let the, you know, the rest of the pieces fall as they may. But look, again, giving back, I like to do that. And it keeps me engaged. And this is the way that, you know, if I didn't have pro wrestling in my life, I mean, life would not be anywhere near as fun and exciting. I look forward to it. I love doing it. You know, this whole COVID thing throws, has thrown everything on for a wrench Absolutely, uh, yeah. when it comes to pro wrestling uh, or much anything. Uh, but, you know, this is, it's the, it's the, it's that heartbeat that, you know, it keeps, it keeps me going. It keeps the blood flowing. And, and so having, having a place like reality of wrestling, and then it allows you also then to be able to go out and do other places. And, you know, we've talked about in the fact, you know, we're, we're practically road wives, you know, each other's road wives. Oh man, that's good. That was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up. It's just all the road trips, man. (laughs) That's it. The fucking shenanigans, bro. The fucking. What'd you say, Nacha? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like all, all the shenanigans, man. And just, uh, yeah, I mean, like to continue on with what you're saying, man, like, man, me and, and Chris Russo being on the road, it, it's like peanut butter and jelly, man. It just, it just goes well together. I can tell you flat out, and don't get me wrong, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to any promotion when I say this, but sometimes those drives are like, it could either be the best thing or the worst thing in the world because I honestly believe, especially being in the ring and things of that nature, you know, anybody that's been in the business knows that like when it comes to these long car rides, man, that does as much, in my opinion, more damage to your body than it does to actually flying around the ring and taking some bumps in most cases and things of that nature. So it's a lot of those times those tricks, those trips can be drags, especially if it's late at night and you're tired and someone's got to get to their shoot job, their real job the next morning. So you got to oh, drive God. all night and get all this other different stuff. But that was one of the things that I appreciate you so much was that not only the stories, not only just the supreme intellect about just real life stuff, because you're, you're a very very smart guy, always in tune with current events and things of that nature, because I think there needs to be more real life skills and things involved in pro wrestling. Because when you when you dip your toe into too much of either, you know what I mean? It, it just kind of like uh, you kind of blur the lines because you mentioned it before. It's like, you know, when you got let go of like taking those real life experiences, it's like you've been in this fantasy world and now we're in the real world and things yeah. of that nature. So when we have these conversations on the road, they're fantastic. And it doesn't matter if we're jamming like Southern hospitality, loot to Chris or just some craziness <laughs> talking about like movie quotes or music, you know, cause you and I both agree that probably the best decade of music is the seventies, right? Seventies. Oh yes. Yeah, Very man. Much. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, 
<laughs> with that being said, with all the with all the road stuff and things of that nature, what what have been some of like the best uh, <laughs> the, the best memories for you being on the road? Not just traveling with me, but just in general. Uh, the hmm. So I for me, it's any time that we anybody plays like some nostalgic clip on YouTube or something. Whether it's like, uh, you know, we, we had a car ride right when we were playing like Adam Sandler comedy tapes from like, you know, the mid late 90s. Oh, like, yeah. Well, who the hell listens to that stuff today? But like we, we remember that from it. So like anytime we can go back into the memory banks, the time machine for something to, to kind of joke about. I, I think when you talk about. Um, I mean, I, certainly, I, I know this one right here. The guys Let's are- do this. Leroy! <laughs> that's that's a favorite for love you now yeah for love sure love the memes <laughs> memes are fun and, and and frankly you know here's here's where it gets really exciting and and look no one when you're in a car a lot of times you might not know everybody in the car very well or maybe they don't want to you know expose themselves too much right just because you know they may not be comfortable with you because sometimes you're in a car that you pick up people that live around you to be able to go to this show that you're all working together and they might not know each other very well or be comfortable but when people slowly open themselves up and they share a little bit about themselves or their kind of their worldview about certain things not in a way that it makes it hostile or anything but i think that makes you appreciate and learn a little bit more about other people's views on any, everything. And I'm not just talking about current events. We're just talking about just random things in general, because, you know, you're in your own little world. I grew up, look, I grew up in a very nice well-to-do area. Right. Right. And I, I, I know that most people do not experience the kind of life that I had growing up. And, you know, I never was really exposed right to like, lots and like you know i look i I learn about different cultures i love different cultures i love international things like i grew up with that sort of stuff so i understand that there's more to the life than than just my little bubble but here in the real world i love to learn about where other people are coming from and their thoughts and their ideas and their actions and and it's always a learning experience and so i always appreciate the car rides because of me learning about how other people see things around the world yeah, man, absolutely. And, you know, once again, like <laughs> just the fact that you can make like these car rides just so much better with just a lot of these different topics and things of that nature and just your music choices of just because <laughs> it just some of the guys will be in the back and be like, what is what, it sounds like my dad playing stuff. But then again, it's like, nah, man, you need to get educated, man. Like this is <laughs> this is some yeah, gold most of today. Tunes. Listen, I love today's music and there's <laughs> you know, most of today's music. Right. But they these young boys need to understand that most of today's music has been sampled with stuff from back in the seventies and eighties. I'm whatnot. telling you. So yeah. Need, no joke. We need to get on the real. Hey, don't get me wrong. We, we, we share a common love for like uh nine, you know, nineties hip hop, maybe late eighties, uh, hip hop, things of that nature, even early 2000, mid 2000s hip hop. A lot of us, you know, 
God, just Whoa. just just the fact that the music library in these car rides that you and I do with with other guys and girls, like it's just been phenomenal and thanks to that and nature. Lots and lots of stupid, dumb impersonations. Oh, I love them. <laughs> the Lou Holtz, man. Like I remember there was like a solid, like, I want to say like hour and a half that you and me were just going back and forth on YouTube, just watching Lou Holtz. Did you hey Lou, what'd you think about the uh, game with BIU? I you you know, like it's the funniest thing. Or if we do, if we get on an Adam Sandler soundtrack, it's like I'm the goat, man. Like you know, like we're just we're listening to the whole soundtrack because that that's close to me because I I listen to that obnoxious stuff in like middle school yeah. and high school, but it's great, it's phenomenal, and all these things. So with that being said, especially when it comes to being obnoxious, oh buddy, I have got this awesome awesome thing planned so here's my favorite thing when it comes to a car ride with one chris russo or really just being around chris russo and genius or in general excuse me uh and it's partially genius the fact that this man and i'm about to you know unveil this to the world oh no that chris russo has the best and most joyous laugh that I've um, ever heard from anyone. It's a laugh that when you hear it and it's in its pure and fullest form, like almost uh, a super saiyan like laughter. Yeah, I dropped the anime term out there for all you nerds. <laughs> An anime term, you know, super saiyan level of laughter. Chris Russo is second to none because every time it doesn't matter if it could be the dumbest joke that I'm like, that's not funny. But if he finds it funny and just literally spills his guts out from laughter, it's Laughter is contagious. You damn right, and that proof and that theory is proved by one Chris Russo. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, right here oh, on the Leisure no. Larry's podcast, I got myself a little game with Chris Russo, a little game with you, wheel baby. Okay, and what this is is that I have not one but two sound clips that he doesn't know that him and I have played back and forth in the past. And it's something that I'm sure that he is going to laugh his ass off. I'm really hoping. I don't know. I'm kind of pigeonholing myself. If you don't laugh, then I'm just going to look like a, a well, as you said, a jamoke. You know what I mean? Jamoke. A jamoke. But I really feel like that these two things, and I'll go into explanation of them each after they're done, that this is going to make Chris Russo laugh. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Now, Chris, the name of the game is, is that I'm going to play a clip. For you and everyone here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast, and you got to do your, <laughs> got to do your best not to laugh as best oh, you God, can. I have to not but, laugh. But if you feel that you need to laugh, brother, don't work it. Just be about it. Just let All it right. go. All right. Are you ready? All right. I will do my best. Here we go. I really do not know what these clips are. Which is, I know it's I'm great. I, 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 I may. I have an idea. I think of one of them. Maybe. Well, but, I've already right, played. Right. I've already played one. You prank my dad. I've already played that one. We've already done that one. See, right? So, see that? See, look at that. Look, I just put on the gas just a little bit. Okay, I already done a little bit of some spice, but these two right here, brother. Here we go. Clip number one. You should have never come here, you humans. I am a level ten bot, and with my loot, I shall power up my elven guards with magical songs of enchant. With magical songs of enchant. With magical songs of enchantment. 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 
Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical songs of enchantment. Magical funnier brother let me tell you brother let me tell you something as people don't know that is a clip from jimmy from south park that was the stick of truth video game a fucking premiere video game baby (laughs) premiere but but brother that was stage one this is stage two. Oh, no. And see, I played that because Chris Russo and I are big fans of South Park, and we, we talk a lot about the episodes, and he's a lot more knowledgeable about it than I am because I've been watching South Park ever since its inception in 1998, 97, I believe. Nine. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So with that being said, this one right here is something that me and Russo both share a love for, and it's hilarious but also very foul. Oh, sound, oh, no. sound two. Here we go. I'm not laughing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it gets better. Don't worry. It gets better, and it's disgusting. I know it. <laughs> Ripper, baby, just second to none. Oh, oh man, that well, is so foul. That is so foul. But I, nothing makes me laugh more than farts. It's yes. just farts. Just do it. That's why I played them. There's probably uh-huh. everybody right now going, "Why in the fuck am I hearing all these nasty ass burps and farts?" And that's the thing. Chris Russo and I have a very fun. <laughs> fond humor and poop humor and it's the best thing ever shout out to king ass ripper uh for for the (laughs) (laughs) and things that nature and i i i I just want to go ahead and let you know uh russo you failed miserably (laughs) good thing there wasn't anything on the line because i would have lost it all Oh, man. Well, you know, it's just whatever I could do. And I can tell you, that's like one of my favorite things is the Chris Russo laugh. And right here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast, we got a genuine, not one, but two Chris Russo belly laughs, my friend. Thank you so mm. much for that. That's You're fantastic. You're very welcome. You see, look, I'm like your dancing monkey here. You just do something and I, you get it. I just, yeah. What else can I do for you, good sir? What'd you say, Nutcha? <laughs> I'm telling you. So, listen, we're on the home stretch here, part two, Leisure and Larry's podcast, man. You, you've you said so much profound info and advice, and I can't thank you enough. And I know a lot of people feel the same way because it's not only something that's a good reminder for me and good info for me as well, but, I mean, just for anybody listening to this, you, you probably have no idea how much you've pretty much influenced or impacted somebody on this Leisure and Larry's podcast, which is what it's all about, man. I try and get my friends and people that I've known inside the pro wrestling business or basically just in life to try and just spread out some more positive content, things that can go ahead and uplift someone, especially if they're in a downtime or a good time. All you know, all areas in between, man, is just trying to put more positivity out into the world, more practical 
positivity out into the world, not just toxic positivity to where it's like, be happy, be happy, and you're not trying to be as practical as we can here on this podcast. But with that being said, going on to the home stretch before we take it home, as we say in the business, man, you gave a lot of good advice, a lot of stuff from Dr. Tom, Dusty, Norman, uh, giving a lot of advice from book, a lot of different things. Uh, you spilled so much different experiences and things of that nature. With that being said, the last thing I want to ask you, if you could give advice, one, two, maybe three things that probably hasn't been said, or if you want to reiterate what's already been said on part one and here on part two of this interview, what is some of the best advice that you can give anyone in wrestling that could also apply in real life? Well, it's maybe not the nicest thing that's when it is said, um, but it makes a lot of sense. Look, uh, there's a saying, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Oftentimes it's better to be seen and not heard. And I know that that sounds kind of rude and like, well, you know, you have to know when it's the right time to speak up, speak your voice, you know, say what you have to say, but most of the time in, in any situation, again, this, I, I don't like to limit any of this advice to just pro wrestling, although it is always attributable, but take the time to learn and understand, you know, really hear everything. And then when speak up when you need to, not just for the sake of speaking up, just to be heard. And, and so the, the more that it, it, that can resonate, the better it will be for anybody, um, you know, that's trying to, to, to do well. And, and, Again, just because you don't speak up doesn't mean that you're not pushing yourself and doing the best that you can. Right. And that's why, you know, uh, go in, dive off the, the diving board into the deep end, into whatever it is that you want to pursue. If you want to start your own business, if you want to get into pro wrestling, if you want to be the best husband, wife, uh, father, mother, you know, anything, anything in life, if, if you really want to do well at it, don't, don't just kind of dip your toe in it. You you gotta commit to yourself, and if you don't like it, if it does, if it's you know for lots of things, if if it's not you or it doesn't work out, don't have any regrets. I think when 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 people, uh, I meet two two kinds of people for pro wrestling. One, they were they're a fan, and they will have said to me, uh, you know, wow, I wish I had done this, or I wish I had tried this when I was younger. Right. And then you go, man, you know, why didn't you right now? You've got this regret. And that's pro There's so many things that exist out there where people are like, man, if only I did, if only. Right. Don't do that to yourself. Try it. Go out there and try it. If it doesn't. And so that's the, the second person is, you know, when they come in, for example, right, the new students, I kind of give them a little short sh- spiel like, you know, hey, nothing's guaranteed. There's nothing there's, you know, you're not going to automatically go to the WWE like, you know, hey, two years in one mouth. You know, I say kind of all these spiels just to get them to understand. But like, look. If this isn't right for you, if you do this and you decide, you know, hey, this isn't for me, no problem to walk away because at least the thing you can take away is that you have tried it Mm -hmm. because, you know, so it's people that wish and regret that they didn't try something. And then there's people that do try it and maybe they walk away. Maybe they don't. Maybe they say, maybe they love it. And then great, you know, but at least they have tried it. So do not live life with regrets because it. I talked about in part one, my regret, my one regret in FCW is I wish I just had more time with the people that I was surrounded with just to learn and pick their brains. And I don't get, I won't get that time back ever. 
you know, with certain people, right. That aren't here anymore. And, and, and that stinks. So whatever it is, you know, don't regret, you know, uh, you know, if you haven't talked to a sibling or a parent or a family member for whatever reason, don't let that be a lifelong regret, you know, you know, because there comes a point you might never be able to talk to them or see them again. That's the one lasting piece that I will say, just do the best you can to live your life, to at least try the things and, 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 and have no regrets at the end of it because you just won't be able to go back in time. Very well said, my friend. Applause. All that. Every single bit of it, man. Dude, that's uh, solid, man. I can't really add on to anything to that because you've, you've said it just about as good as anyone can say it. And with that being said... I think you should go home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. should go home. Russo, it's that time. We got to take it home, man. This is going to be the final stretch of part two here on the Leisure and Larry's podcast with your interview. Before we go, my friend, I just want to acknowledge you for just being a stand-up dude, a great human being, and bringing value not only to reality wrestling, FCW, and NXT, but the entire world of pro wrestling. And I can't thank you enough for being on this podcast. And with that being said, before you go, plug that social. Oh, it's all about plugging that social. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to listen to my drivel for the last two episodes. I, you know, I'm always happy and willing to share, spend time, answer questions, give again, whatever I can, whether it's life lessons, pro wrestling, et cetera. You can find me on, uh, I had the same handle for Twitter and Instagram at wrestle Russo. You can also find me on Twitch at wrestle Russo and, um, if you game on Xbox, you can find me at Roos, R-O-O-C-E, Roos for Xbox gaming. But otherwise, Wrestle Russo is the best way to find me. You know, that was the other thing, too. And I know I'm basically saying the go home. But when I bring you back here on the podcast, we're definitely getting into some video games, man. Because Ooh, yeah. Russo is a gamer amongst gamers, man. And I, I really support and I'm always welcome to have gamers come on to this podcast. People that are fans of gaming, things of that nature. But, buddy, I love you. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to part one and part two in every episode dropping each and every Friday, Leisure and Larry's podcast. But, man, that's it, man. We're going to cut it going. I'm going to, you know, we started it with some common. We going to end it with some common. Chris Russo, right here, right now. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you being on the podcast. You guys take care. Be well. Be positive. And I'll see you around. Never knew a la 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 a la like this. Gotta be something for me to write this, Queen. I ain't seen you in a minute.